All right. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Park Hills podcast. If you need more information on us, parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app is where you can find everything you need to know about us and more. one-stop shop like if there was a costco of park hills church parkhillschurch.com is that costco it is indeed but you don't need a membership card (laughs) but our carts are very large and you can fit many things inside of them okay pastor mark and i are back at it we are it's been a while i i dare say i'm nearly giddy (laughs) based based on the episode that we've uh should have recorded a while ago we are both very giddy this is good you know we as you guys know, we love discussing these kinds of things. We do discuss other things. You know, we were just having an interesting discussion, actually, about, um, you know, our, our producer and technician, James. Yeah. And uh, we, were, we were discussing whether or not he really should be called Hams. Correct. Because, of, you know, based upon you don't say jalapenos, you say jalapenos. So maybe we call him Hams. And so we do discuss other things other than the Bible, but we do love to discuss the Bible, don't we, Chris? And that's probably why I'm a little giddy, because we haven't done these in a while. You're back from your sabbatical. I'm back. And so this is our first time in the booth back here together since that time. And we're digging into Proverbs. And I'm pretty sure Hams is going to stick now. So thank you for that. Uh, That was my goal. I've been affectionately calling him Jimmy D for a long time, but Hams is maybe a little more fun. Well, you know, sometimes you got to class the place up. It's true. It works with class in the feller too. It's a, uh, you know, <laughs> it's another language that you're speaking. So it's good. <laughs> so with Proverbs, one of the things we wanted to, there's a few different topics we're going to jump into today. But the first one we want to kind of jump into is just this idea. And I think you did this masterfully in the sermon. You talked, you know, you read through a number of your favorite Proverbs near the end of your sermon and just kind of gave them space to breathe a little bit. But so much of what you're reading there is really just about life and how to live life. And so most people have used Proverbs to learn how to be wise, right? If you're going to learn wisdom, you might as well learn from, you know, the wisest man who ever lived. And so there's sort of this idea throughout the whole Proverbs is you're going to find a bunch of little nuggets that are going to help you think through how to live life and how yeah. to act. And it's a very appropriate way to look at them too. And, and to not just say, I think we can get a little bit even dare I say the word selfish, when how we look at this, you look at something like honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce, and then you, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. That's this idea of, okay, as long as I apply wisdom in this way, then my life is going to be great. And again, that goes back to principles versus promise. Right. But also this mindset of, I think going back to it and saying, whatever wisdom I have and whatever wisdom I apply, Lord, may it honor you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's a good perspective to have. And I think the Lord is, I don't know, more willing even to respond to our pleas for wisdom when our hearts and motivations are, are right. And there's just so much treasure here. And that, I guess that's where I, you know, I, I was going with having people focus in on those and there's so much more here to dig into, isn't there? Yeah. And that verse that you just read is problematic for Baptists and has been for a very long time. So if our vats are filled with wine, it might be a problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll, 
You know, maybe if they ask the Lord for grape juice. There you go. Amen, brother. Fine. Make it happen. So Proverbs 3 is really, I think, structurally speaking, verses 5 and 6 are the two verses that most people know from Proverbs, whether you realize it or not. And so it's trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Or I learned it, make your paths straight, right? Mm -hmm. That's the NIV. So these two verses really set the tone for the whole book and kind of where it's going. And you've got this, the first eight chapters, you've got this father-son talking to one another about, you know, this is how you live life. This is what wisdom looks like. And then you get to this verse five of chapter three, trust in the Lord with all your heart, do not lean on your own understanding. And he'll make your path straight when you acknowledge him. And then that really sets the tone for the rest of the book. So all of this wisdom is coming from God. And so if we trust God and we walk with him, he will make straight our paths, which is really good. And that's that's kind of the whole point of the of of the whole Proverbs book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it goes on. I mean, the next couple of verses there in seven, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. What a what a neat word there that this is this is going to be therapeutic to you. This is going to revive you and bring life back into you and certainly it makes us think of some other texts in scripture like mm-hmm. in Psalm 1. Totally. And and those verses are hard to believe sometimes. You know, I've I yeah. know we both had moments in our life where choosing to follow the Lord and trust in him wasn't the most popular decision. And so I know like when I started walking with Jesus, I lost friends. There were people that didn't stick with me and I had to trust verses like this to trust that he's got my back, that he's going to walk with me, that he's going to lead me, he's going to guide me. And so you take this passage and you, you apply that and you add it into Psalm one, right? You know, a person walking with the Lord is like a, a tree planted by streams of water. And then you back all the way up to Genesis one and you go, Oh, here's a tree in a garden and God has given a command. He's asked you to listen to him and to follow him. And you have to decide whether I'm going to trust in the Lord with all of my heart or whether I'm going to do my own thing, my own understanding. Yeah. And then you start to notice that this is sort of a pattern through all, all of scripture. There's this, you know, for lack of a better term, we, you know, sometimes we call it like a thread or a, a string of pearls throughout all of scripture where it just, it keeps bringing up the same idea all the way through. Are you going to trust the Lord or are you going to take matters into your own hands? Are you going to, listen to what he has to say and trust his words and believe that his words have, have life in them and that they are good for us, or are you going to choose death and do your own thing? Yeah, and the simplicity of it is profound, and yet you stop and think about it, and why it's difficult is it's counterintuitive nature. It's what I'm going to give away to get that's counterintuitive. Absolutely. The, you know, the world's mentality would be, no, give nothing away. Hoard it all, build, you know, fill up those barns and and uh, keep it to yourself. And yet, the Lord's presenting something different. And you know, lean not on your understanding. If if there wasn't the trust in the Lord, what advice would that sound like? If you met somebody out in, in the world anywhere and said, "Don't tr- don't lean on your under, on your own understanding. Don't lean on your knowledge." Right. What am I supposed to live like a fool? But right. but we know Scripture says trust in the Lord, and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, even though your mind is going to put things together that make sense to you, it's going to be clear. Uh, you're watching other people do it. He's going, no, trust me, trust me. I have another way, and it works. 
I'm the God of the universe. I created it. I created you. I created the world in which you live. I order it. And my way is the right, right. way, but it is counterintuitive. And that's why you and I struggle to follow it or people struggle right. to follow oh, the, the whole, you know, old Testament is just all these people who hear the instruction, but do their own thing. They trust in their own understanding and it does not go well. No, it doesn't at all. And it's, it's problematic. It's also a promise that scripture just tells us. And I don't know about you, but I'm looking around and there's a lot of folks walking in their own understanding uh, these days and then trying to figure out why their life is kind of crumbling around yeah. them, which is too bad. So there's a lot of weird interplay between the father and the son about the ladies, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's unique, isn't it? What is going on here? Within that, even just, <laughs> I, I suspect that for women reading the Proverbs, right. without understanding the, the way in which it's written, you could go, wait a minute, the with the exception of lady wisdom, it's like women seem to be the problem here. It's, you know, be careful of the adulterous woman or uh, living with a contentious woman. It's better to live on the corner of the housetop or whatever. Um, you know, it's dumps, dumps heaping coals into your laps and all, you, right. know, the, you know, the danger of the woman. But that's really not what's intended here, is it? No. And I think, you know, we, we, we're pretty careful with these topics and we try to bring them up when we can. And, you know, we... We respect women completely, and so we're, we, we want to just kind of chat this part of the topic through. If, if you think about it, first of all, the author is a father figure talking to a son. Yeah. So if this was the opposite, for example, if it was us walking down the street with our daughters, we might say the exact same book to our daughters yeah. and just inverse the gender situation. Be careful of the flattering male. Totally, right? You know? Yeah. Or foolish, you know, if only there was a foolish man out there that I could use as an illustration for my daughter as to what it looks like to follow foolishness. Okay, uh, let's leave that one hang there for a little bit. But, you know, there's this idea of a foolish person versus wisdom or versus someone who really has it figured out. And whether you're a female or a male, it's not too hard to look around and find those individuals. But I've also heard a ton of, in, you know, feedback from people over the years of, Proverbs 31, and they say, that just seems really backwards. And so they're thinking of verses like this, for example. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read parts of Proverbs 31 here. Uh, you know, verse 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. And I've had women come to me and go, I just read Proverbs 31. What is with the Bible, you know, embracing the patriarchy here? I don't cook that much. And so, you know, am I not a good Proverbs no. 31 woman because I'm not doing this? She makes bed coverings for sure. herself and clothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you read it through and you're just kind of like, she seems at first glance like just the dutiful, almost Amish wife. And, and I'm not saying anything against the Amish here. It's just this idea of... Domestic, traditional. Very much so, right? She's walking around in a dress and a bonnet, making sure that everybody's got what they need, and she's not you know, taking care of herself at all, and everything's fine. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people have read this book. And I mean that the whole Bible. Like That's kind of what they take with the Bible, and they think, oh, I've got it all figured out now. But I want to point out a couple of verses in Proverbs 31 that don't say anything about normal gender roles. So first of all, the fact in verse 13, that it says she's working with willing hands. Mm -hmm. uh, this isn't, she's not doing the chores that she doesn't want to do. 
the idea here is that she is seeing what, what she can do and she's working diligently. Yeah, diligence, I think, is the key word. Which I yeah. think speaks to both genders. It doesn't matter if we're talking about a guy or a girl yeah. here. You know, yep. like I've, I've dealt with a number of guys over the years who do not work with willing hands and they are... They're just not fun to be around. They, Solomon says plenty about the sluggards, doesn't he? Totally. But again, in this passage, this is a king. This is King Lemuel. It's actually not Samuel or Solomon anymore. Um, king Lemuel here is is saying, oh, this is what it's like to be a wise person. Mm-hmm. And so he's using the woman here as an example. But so that's the first one. She's working with willing hands. So, that, so she's not just doing whatever she feels compelled to do by the culture or whatever. She's doing what she feels would best serve her family and, and work through that. And then also, if you skip down a little bit, verse 16, many scholars have pointed out over the years, she considers a field and buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she buys a vineyard. She has worked herself into a position where she's able to buy land, which, yeah. by the way, would be scandalous in the ancient world. That just doesn't happen. You know what I'm saying? There's no... We don't have a lot of bills of sale that have a female name on them. So he's almost saying here, she is so uh, sure of herself and her family is so confident in her abilities that she takes what she's made and she goes off and she buys herself a field and plants a vineyard with it. And you're like, okay, that's a reversal of gender roles to some extent, Mm -hmm. uh, at least in the ancient world. And, you know, skip down a little further. She opens her hand to the poor, reaches out her hands to the needy. Yep. She's, she's taking care of everybody. And, and one of the things that you start to notice in this whole section here is, first of all, she has no fear whatsoever. So she's a fearless woman. But then she also makes everyone around her better. Mm-hmm. And that, yep, and that isn't necessarily a subservient thing. And I think sometimes we read it that way because we're reading it through 21st century eyes. And we're trying to, we're trying to say, you know what, you know, uh, the, the beginning of Western civilization, women didn't have the right to vote, so that's why the patriarchy is evil. Okay, chill a little bit. We're not in that day and age anymore. We're in a totally different day and age, and, and no one's acting like that. And the, the idea here is, again, for both males and females, do you make everyone around you better? And so we've talked about, you know, Ephesians uh, and, and Colossians, these, these marital roles that are right. set up there. These aren't necessarily a, a subservient and a master type role. It's a the two are working t- together in, in perfect unity and harmony, uh, complementing one mm-hmm. another's gifts and abilities. So there are certain chores that, you know, my wife isn't the best at, and there's certain chores that I'm definitely not the best at, which is, by the way, my list is way longer than her list. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that I don't come home at night and think, how can I help you? And then she's thinking yep. through, how can I help you get through what your day is? And then we have our days off together, and we have these amazing moments where we're able to do stuff together. And the idea here is both of us are trying to make each other better. Mm-hmm. And that's really what this is talking about. And then lastly, the last thing I want to point out here is this woman, her identity is completely in the Lord. And you see that yep. near the end of the, the passage there. Um, you know, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So really what this whole passage is saying, again, is fear the Lord first. That brings us back to Proverbs 3. This idea, trust in the Lord, trust in him only, trust, you know, acknowledge his ways and your path will be straight. And this, this applies to both genders and it applies to everybody in the whole family. Yeah, so absolutely. if my kids acted this way, which, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, girls, you know, more chores, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, no, I'm not kidding, but I, you know, I'm joking in the podcast, but for real though, do your chores. Um, but if you just look around and you think the goal is a family unit should be making one another better. And then you go, oh, how cool would it be if every organization did that, right? If every yeah. church member thought, I'm going to make Park Hills better by really pouring myself into this thing 
and your job would be better, your your employment, you know, uh, whether you're an employer or an employee, it'd be better. Uh, you know, whatever you go down the list of all the things you could do, the chores, the the marital relationship, the fatherhood, motherhood, all that kind of stuff. Man, if you follow the Lord, it'll be better than it would be otherwise. Yeah, it reminds me of the words we find in Colossians 3, you know, doing ev- everything is unto Christ mm-hmm. and, and to honor him in that way. Such treasures in this little book of the Bible and a great reminder, you know, with the number of chapters there are, one per day in a month is a great way to increase in your understanding of wisdom and application of God's word to our daily lives. Highly recommend it. Great stuff here. Find your own favorites and know it better. Absolutely. Absolutely.